Before long, as we traveled our route one or two blocks from shore, we could tell by the sun that we were no longer going west, but starting to go north. And we could see another lake to our left, Lake Moripaw, according to our street map. The space between lakes looked to be only a couple miles wide, only the tops of buildings visible. This was one of the major benchmarks on our journey, the place we turned north. Mom and Kate had both said we were sure to reach dry land if we just kept going north from here, if not in Louisiana, then certainly in Mississippi. Since our map only covered New Orleans, not the entire state of Louisiana, we had a limited concept of how far this might be. If we had known, we might have faltered in our resolve. Fortunately, we did not predict the future, and just kept on going. After several hours of hard paddling, we needed a rest. We had experienced a number of close calls, almost hitting submerged cars and other junk close to the surface. The large buildings were mostly behind us now, and the homes poorer. Many were nothing but debris of homes never rebuilt after all the storms. We were looking for a solid-looking porch to sit on, and finally a warehouse came into view with a concrete loading dock a few inches above the water. It seemed perfect, until we got close, and we were greeted with a sickening smell, something chemical that kept us moving on as fast as possible. Snowball had noticed the smell first, making guttural sounds to warn us, and I'm sure she was thinking, can't humans smell anything? Well, it wasn't quite what we were looking for, but we tied up to a tree, or rather the trunk of a tree, in what appeared to be a park, all of the trees just broken remnants. Snowball approved of this place and immediately scampered up to the top, about ten feet, perhaps looking in the hollow to find a bird for lunch. The water was shallow, so we rolled up our pants and stepped out. It felt great to stretch our legs, but we soon got back in the canoe, when we thought how easily alligators could hide among the fallen limbs all around us. We opened a sea ration and had lunch, with Snowball looking down at us, apparently not interested in what we were eating. We were pretty sick of it ourselves. She had bird on her mind. We had to rest, but we couldn't do it there. So we untied the canoe, called Snowball, she already knew her name, and pressed on, looking for a building to rest in. This was a region that had been hit hard by storms, and few structures were still standing. After several miles of this, we spotted a small white Baptist church, sitting a bit above waterline on one of the muddy little islands that now dotted the landscape. It was just what we needed, because another storm seemed to be gathering in the east. We slid the old yellow canoe up on the bank, and set off to explore our new haven. Well, the inside had seen a lot of water in the past, and smelled very musty, but our standards were pretty low by this time, so we prepared to stay. We had managed to tie the canoe to the church sign, and had taken in food and the sleeping bags, and were headed back out for another load, when what should appear from around the corner of the church but a huge, at least ten feet long, alligator. He was moving fast right toward us. Sarah screamed, and it was good she did. 
With Snowball in the lead, we all managed to beat him to the door and slam it in his face. As Mom would have said, God was with you again and don't you forget it. We figured that we had all that we really needed from the canoe, considering the monster waiting at our door. So we each picked a pew and rolled out a sleeping bag to lie on top of. This time Snowball chose me to be her sleeping buddy, and it was the first time in years that I didn't need my teddy bear. It soon began raining hard, but this was a sound building with a good roof.